the CEO of your life in biz? I'm Emily Alderson, and I'm on a mission to elevate the beauty industry one success story at a time. If knowledge is power and seeing is believing, imagine what could happen if you expanded your mind to the possibilities. What kind of shift could you make happen? This is Stories with Stylists. Hello and welcome to Cosmo CEO, the podcast. Super exciting for our guest today. It's Jody Brown. She is a hairstylist and um, marketing mentor to those in the industry, which of course we all know we need and should have. And whether you love it or not, Jody's going to make it a lot easier for you to navigate. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I always start by asking, where are you from and what led you to cosmetology? Uh, well, I'm actually originally from the UK and I live in Canada. So I live near Edmonton, Alberta, and my mom was a salon owner. Um, and that's kind of how I got into the industry. I did my first set of foils when I was like 11 and went to hair school. I was done by the time I was 17. So, yeah. So was that something that you just knew that you were going to do like growing up playing hair in the salon? I did. Yeah. I just, um, and I saw my mom who'd been in the industry for so long and she'd taken on all the, she'd done all the things in the hair industry on two different continents. And so the fact that she still loved going to work every day, I think was really inspiring. And for me, it was the the fluidity of the industry. I need a lot of change to stay motivated and stay happy. So uh, just seeing how she was able to like adapt and how she was able to rebuild every time we'd move. It was really inspiring and motivating to me. That's so cool. And even to like have that awareness at a young age, because I don't know, I mean, for me, I would see my friends that even were just like applying to schools and getting their degree and whatever it was. And I was like, how do you know that that's what you want to do for the rest of your life. That's so long. Totally. <laughs> just to have that awareness of like, I like the way that she does that. I see how that, that works is pretty cool, actually. Well, the other option was law school. And I just did not think I had it in me for 10 years of education. So I was like, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only other thing I ever thought about doing. So, so after school, um, what did that look like? Did you assist? Did you go to different programs? Kind of take us yeah, through so, so I actually went to a program that was, it was like a intensive theory program. And then you did a lot of the practical in a salon. So I apprenticed under a couple different master stylists at the same salon. And so that looked a lot like, you know, doing a ton of round brushing and shampoos and toning and all that kind of stuff. So lots of hands-on um, assisting work, which I think was really great because it builds your skills at the same time. Mm -hmm. So that was what I did. And then I had gone to that salon that I was initially at closed. So I went to another salon and continued assisting and working as like a junior stylist for nine months-ish. And then I moved cities and I just wanted something totally different. So I moved away and I started, I really kind of found my groove when I did that. And that's when I 
fell in love with the industry and really came into my own and was able to start helping other apprentices and helping other assistants and start training them that way. So, yeah. How would you say, because I would assume this is a time prior to social media and all that, what did building clientele look like for you? Was the salon feeding you clients or what were you doing? So I have had a very interesting career. So I did start like back in, uh, it was 2005, 2006, when I got behind the chair for the first time. And yeah, there was no social media. There was no, I mean, I think Facebook literally just got started. And that was when we still all thought it was cool to write on each other's walls and stuff. So it there was no business strategy going into that whatsoever. So yeah, it was a lot of having the salon kind of feed you clients and, um, you know, working on referrals and that kind of stuff. So that was how I had initially built. And then fast forward, I had my son when I was pretty young. So I was 24, 25 when I had my son and I came back into the salon just as Instagram was starting to kind of come into the picture a little bit. So I rebuilt my clientele and like in the two years before that, I had been on maternity leave for 18 months um, because there was no childcare options and we don't live anywhere near my family. So I was out of there for quite a while. And the year before that, I had actually been working in sales. So when I came back after maternity leave, there was no pickup of any old clientele. Like it was all from scratch in a brand new salon. So that wasn't even really feeding into it. So the second time I built my clientele, well, not probably the third time because I'd moved quite a bit, but yeah. So when I rebuilt my clientele after having um, my son, it was using a ton of social media and I kind of like bootstrapped my way through building a clientele in the beginning of social media. So that's so crazy. Yeah. i remember learning about using Instagram to build because I had worked at a salon where yeah you just sit around and wait for clients to show up outside of like referrals from um your existing clients which was is probably was and probably still is like the main source of my clients but um I think it's so fascinating now that literally stylists can just pick up and move start over go to a suite do whatever they want to do knowing that it's absolutely possible to start over and start over on your own without having like the overhead of a salon to feed into you. So I think that's super inspiring. Yeah. And I think like when I, I know when I started, it was all about the salon you worked at Mm -hmm. because they were your main source of clientele. So if you wanted to have a certain kind of clientele, then you had to kind of find a certain kind of salon. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I think there's just so much more freedom. Like we have the freedom. I mean, can you imagine walking into your first salon and saying, nope, I don't do men's cuts. I don't do perms. I don't do updos. I specialize in blonding and that's what I want to do. They would have laughed you out of there. Like there's no way we could have done that 15 years ago. No, they've been like, okay, good luck with that. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then throw in, but I also don't want to work evenings or weekends. They would have been like, ha ha ha. Um, But prior to transitioning to more online, like that was my schedule and that was my clientele. Mm -hmm. So I, I focused on the things I wanted to do. I worked one evening a week. I worked four days a week and no weekends and all without losing any money when I made those moves. So Mm -hmm. I think 
that's kind of, there's so much opportunity now for stylists. Like you literally can build your dream career as long as you get a couple things right. And what are those things? <laughs> <laughs> so the, what I like to talk about a lot is like your mindset. So finding your intention and then also like believing that it's possible. I think that's like a huge thing because it's, that's where your core beliefs are the beginning and end of where you will go. I believe that. So by you have to shift those core beliefs and make sure that you are opening your mind and opening your path to those possibilities coming your way before you can really make those changes. Um, and then also your marketing strategy, because there's no point being the best kept secret. Like if people don't know about you, they're not going to get into your chair and then you're not going to make, you know, the money you need to sustain yourself and build your business the way that you want to. I love that so much. Yeah. It's, it's so all encompassing. I mean, you have to see to believe is like a huge thing um, for my mindset and you can find expanders like in any way. This really is the point of this podcast is to find something expansive, something where you can say like, she did that. I can do that too. Wait, that's a possibility. I, Oh yeah. Okay. How do I get there? You know? Um, that's so cool. So how did you really kind of shift out of, you know, mainly being a stylist into the salon and then really kind of focusing in on marketing? Um, so (laughs) (laughs) so the way that I got started, um, with my current business is basically I had been, so I'd been guiding a couple of my peers, like people that I just worked with before and friends that I had had that were doing rebrands and needed help with their social media and marketing. Like I was always kind of the go-to for a few, like quite a few of my friends and they'd be like, oh, what do you think I should do here? What do you think I should do here? Um, And then I had a friend who was like, I need help. Like she posted that she was looking for, I think she said like a web designer or something like that who could take her through a rebrand. And I was like, well, I'm not a web designer, but I can take you through a (laughs) rebrand. So that's what I did. Um, And it was really, really great for her. So we kind of went through and, you know, redesigned her, her business, renamed it, did all of the things. And so she was able to kind of switch her business that way. And it worked out really great for her. And then I just kind of kept hearing, there was a couple events that were really like eye-opening for me. One of them was I went to a class and it was actually Dawn's class, the one who kind of connected us. So, um, and there was, someone had asked a question about social media and it was like, I almost, I was sitting there and it was almost like the whole room was like, oh my God, it's so overwhelming. Like I, I feel like there's so many expectations around it. And it was like every single person in this room who were all like talented, amazing, like intelligent women Um, that we're all just so overwhelmed and we're struggling with how to kind of leverage social media instead of social media leveraging them. So kind of like a full body tingle, like I know the answer to that. (laughs) Totally. Because I was sitting there and I was like, I don't relate to this at all because I feel very, um, 
not that there's never overwhelm associated with social media because of this comparison trap. I think everyone falls into that time to time, but I really do view social media and Instagram specifically as this amazing tool that allows us to like find opportunities to create the clients, clientele that we want to really shape our careers from the comfort of our own homes on our iPhones. So to me, that's like insane power. And yeah, so that's when I really started thinking about it. And then, I don't know, three weeks later, the entire country got shut down for COVID. So I had been thinking about, you know, shifting online and kind of getting into more of a supporting other hairstylist role in the industry for several years prior to this, but it just kind of everything aligned. And all of a sudden I had this time that I could dedicate to, um, to creating this thing. And yeah, after day four of the shutdown, I looked at my husband and I was like, honey, I'm starting a business. And he's like, what? <laughs> you just finished your first, like last quiet, like four days ago. What are you talking about? And I was like, no, like <laughs> bear with me. This is what's happening. I'm not going back to the salon. So yeah. I am just slightly off track, but when you mentioned about sitting in that class, I think just to remind everyone the importance of education outside of your salon um, with independent educators as much as you can, because even if it's not the actual class that you get value from, you can get value from a moment like that where you realized, I know the answer to that, or I had that question too, and that's not even what this course is about, or whatever it may be, um, Mm -hmm. really keeping your eyes open to possibilities and opportunities. Oh, totally. And even like, I'm part of like a mastermind group Mm -hmm. that has been instrumental in my shift because I mean, like, like we said, um, there's, you're truly are a reflection of the five people you surround yourself with, whether you know it or you don't know it. So if you feel like those five people, whether it's your coworkers, whether it's certain friends are not like in lifting you up and kind of allowing you to be your most fulfilled self. It's really important that you make the effort to find those people. Like finding that community is absolutely vital for growth. Yeah, absolutely. And even I think social media, honestly, is the best place for that. Like I always say, if people that say that Instagram or Facebook is so negative, like you're doing it wrong because when I scroll through my Instagram feed, I am lit up. I am excited about what people are sharing because I curate it myself. Like you are in control of that scroll, you know? And if you don't like what somebody's saying, just mute them because you don't need it. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I feel like I'm listening to like myself talk right now because I (laughs) could not agree more. Like I, I've said that, um, to a friend before that, you know, you just be liberal with the mute button or be liberal with the unfollow button. If you're following someone and they're making you feel lesser than, mm-hmm. and even if it's someone that you admire and really look up to, like take control of that and you can go look at their content when you want to. But if you feel like it's detracting from your day to have stuff pop up and you're comparing yourself, mute it. Like you yeah. don't need to be doing that. Right. Yeah. And whether you mute it for a week or whether you just unplug completely, you know, feel into like what feels good for you and when you need, but also realize that 
when you see people around you that are doing big things, it could mean that you're right there too. And I think that's like a huge mindset shift is it's easy to like toe that line between starting to feel jealous that all these people are doing all the things and realizing, wait a minute, all these people around me are doing the things that I want. What if like I'm right there too? Totally. And also recognizing too, that there's no such thing as overnight success. So even if we look at someone and we think that they've been an overnight success, like the amount of grind, like don't compare your step one to someone else's step 10, you know, like we need to kind of keep that in mind that like view that as an inspiration and like an aspiration almost, Mm -hmm. but don't be don't be hard on yourself because you know, you're one step behind because everyone has to be one step behind at some point. Exactly. And yeah, you don't even necessarily have to be behind. It's just taking that next step forward. Who cares about step 10? Like step one comes first and whatever that looks like to you. I mean, it could mean anything really, but there's so many different opportunities. And that is the best thing about this industry. I truly believe that. Like I think that the hair industry is the best one in the world. I feel like we meet the most amazing people and just like creative, driven, positive, like kick-ass people all seem to congregate in the beauty industry. And I'm so here for it. I love it. I love it too. I mean, whether it's your peers or it's the clients sitting in your chair, there's just so much value to be gained around the people. I mean, I have clients that come from all walks of life and do all different careers. And I love knowing like random facts about whatever it may be, you know, like (laughs) I had a client who was a patent lawyer and then something else came up in my life. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Well, oh, is it because of this season that's going on with the whatever? And they're like, why do you know that? Like, (laughs) I know lots of stuff. I'm a hairstylist. Wealth of information, you know. I remember I was at a show one time and Sam Vio was speaking, and you know, he's like big, fancy um, platform artist. And he was saying, he was going on about how um, he would have clients in his chair that, you know, run big corporations or did all these fancy things. And he would pick their brains and like ask them questions about different things and then laugh mm-hmm. all the way at the bank because they end up paying him for the advice, you know, for the haircut, but he got all this free advice. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> okay. And that's so, that's such a good point. There's so much information to be gained from like any conversation, right? So it's just opening your mind and opening your ears and taking that in. And taking it and taking what you need from it and letting go of what you don't. Yes. Kind of totally. Um, I think having that right person in your chair is a big deal too. So talk to us a little bit about, using social media to get your dream clients like these people are not just spending a lot of money with you but spending a lot of time with you you know you're sitting in the chair with them for anywhere from an hour to two to three to four hours depending you want to enjoy that time right absolutely and I think we've all had the experience with um I call it the emotional vampire who you're done doing their hair and you're just like like I need to lay down like that was so exhausting so I think that by you know kind of 
focusing in on your messaging and focusing your marketing on your dream clients and who you want to attract, that is the best way to avoid situations like that. And also, once you turn your Instagram into a referral magnet, it starts to become a lot easier to say no, because you don't have to worry that there's not going to be another person sitting in your chair to fill that spot. So I think, so a couple of the things that I talk about with, when it comes to social media, I'd say probably like my top three things would be, I think it's really important to narrow in on your messaging. So when you are talking to, when you're writing a caption on Instagram, don't think of writing your caption to Instagram. Like don't think about writing it to the many, think about writing it to the one. If you narrow in on your dream client and what that person, like who that person is, what they like, things you might have in common, all those things, it makes it a lot easier to direct your messaging at that one person. So for my one-on-one coaching clients, a lot of the times we'll name that person and then we'll think, okay, what would Ashley like? So when you're writing a caption, you think, would this add value for Ashley? Would she find this valuable? Would she find this entertaining, inspiring? Um, would she learn something from this? And it makes it a lot easier to create quality content. So that is one of, that's probably like my number one thing is refine your messaging because it's very important to take great photos. It's important to have, you know, a clean, attractive feed. It doesn't have to be like the same as everyone else's, but mm-hmm it's important to have something that is attractive because it's the same as, you know, sweeping up the salon before your next client comes in. It's your first impression and you want to make it a good one. Right. Yeah. And especially for people shopping for a stylist, like people like pretty things, you know, and they want to be attracted to your feed. And I think for me, I know making it most authentic to me Mm -hmm is going to make it a lot easier to do that. So if somebody's not attracted to your feed and your messaging, right, wouldn't you say it's either because you're not targeting them properly or because it's not, this doesn't make sense for you, you know? It doesn't feel yeah. like you. They don't know who they're getting out of it. And and if they totally. don't, probably not for you. Like if it's perfect, 100% authentic for you and they don't like it, that's fine. Guarantee they like somebody else's and that's good. Honestly, that's important. That's a win. If you can start, like if your messaging is so clear that you're not only turning like people that you like people who like you, love you, but people who don't like you, you're turning them off and they're going away. Like that is a win because not only are you going to like get rid of people that might not be great clients, but also they're not going to follow you and your engagement rate is going to be way better. If you're only posting I I think a lot of people focus on like, oh, I need to get more followers. I need to get, you know, just that number when really the important number is your engagement rate and the people actually getting value and interacting with you on Instagram. So if you have a whole bunch of people following you and your content doesn't resonate with them, that is actually not a win. That is a huge, huge disservice that you're doing to yourself. So. Okay. That is a huge point that I want to kind of talk on a little bit because I feel like, I feel like recently maybe just this year it has kind of shifted into a way when we were using it before it was all about just like likes 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 follows 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 and just building it that way um 
And now it's felt a little bit daunting. I can just speak to myself where it's like, don't worry about this. Just be authentic. Just show up. And you're like, oh my gosh, but I just learned all those other things and now totally. I like, have to turn it around. And I think a lot of the people too, it's kind of funny because you hear a lot of people who are like, social media doesn't matter. Don't worry about your followers. And they have 20, 50, 100,000 followers. So you're like, okay, but what about me? <laughs> so I totally get that. And I think that there's room for both. Like, I think that you can build, like, there's still lots of ways to grow on Instagram that don't involve, you know, being inauthentic. And Instagram themselves have done a ton of cracking down. So it's a lot harder for people to use things like bots. It's a lot harder to, for people to use things like, um, like buying followers, horrible idea that no one should ever, ever, ever do. Um, because that will tank your engagement rate like crazy. But yeah, I think like, like you said, it's, it's all really shifted and it's almost, it's a little bit harder to, it's a little bit harder to know what's right from wrong because there's so much different advice coming from every different platform. But I think for hairstylists, what we need to think about is what is your intention behind using Instagram? Like, what's the reason you're using it? Mm -hmm. Are you using it to get more clients? Because if you're using it to get more clients, then the things that are important are, you know, targeting local followers, targeting, you know, your dream clients and creating relevant content. If you're using it to grow and become like an influencer or, you know, do it that way, your strategy is going to be a little bit different, but you still want to have that authentic following because even if you have, you know, if you have a ton of people, but they're not engaging with you, brands look at that now. So it's not enough to just have these big numbers anymore. You'd need to have a big audience if you want to be an influencer sometimes, but you also need to have an engaged audience. So I think that they kind of go hand in hand. It's just a little slower than it used to be. <laughs> no, I think that's, that's so cool. That makes so much sense. Um, talk to us a little bit about like, delegating work, maybe delegating social media, if it's starting to feel overwhelming, what are some things that people can do to take that overwhelm out of it a little bit? Because obviously not using it is not going to benefit you at all, just because no. it feels like too much. <laughs> so what are like a few things that, that would make it a little bit easier and more approachable? Well, I think the first thing when it comes to taking overwhelm out of it is learning about it a little bit because for whatever reason us hairstylists are mostly education junkies right so if there's a new technique if there's a new haircut we want to learn a new color technique a new extension method then we'll take all this education on it yet for whatever reason we all decided that we should just naturally know how to be good at instagram and mm -hmm. naturally know how to be good at marketing when we never took the time to learn about it right so mm -hmm. i think that's the number one thing is it it takes a little bit of that overwhelm out of it if you just take the time to learn the basics essentially and know what you're doing on the platform um as far as you know there's two different ways you can go about it if it's still stressing you out one of them would be scheduling your content and the other would be delegating your content I know for myself like I do social media management for other beauty pros where I actually create the content and we do it a little bit differently. So what we do is, and I do have an assistant that helps me with this. So what we do is we basically 
do an intake form. So we kind of figure out your ideal client and then we do the copywriting and the content creation to target that ideal client. So it's a little bit more personalized and it's not as much like your traditional social media management um, service. Um, <laughs> my little guy's coming in to say hi. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's a little bit more targeted and a little bit more personal. The other thing you can do is learn the way to do it and batch it. So create all of your content at one time. Mm -hmm. This is a really great thing to do as well. I teach a little bit in my course. So it's not open right now, but um, I teach to a core content strategy. So basically what that is, is it's defining your ideal client and then using that to create relevant content that's going to speak to them. So you have a framework that you're going to use so that you always know what to post. There's no more opening your Instagram app and being like, oh, like, what am I going to say? I want to post this photo. And then, you know, writing vanilla balayage or whatever. It's actually creating content that people, that adds value to that dream client. That's Does that make sense? Yeah. So like to have a template like that is hugely helpful because it does feel like that. You open that up and you're like, I don't know. And I, I know a lot of times like as creatives, it's not, you're not always turned on. So maybe you have just like watched a video or listened to a podcast or read a book and all of a sudden all these ideas are coming. If you just take the time to like hone that down and make a few posts like mm -hmm. and get them scheduled right then, then you don't have to worry about it for a couple of days. Then you can like give your brain a break, I feel like. Totally. Yeah. And, and then when you feel sparked again, you yeah. kind of rinse and repeat basically. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. I know that like for me, my workflow doesn't look like consistent, like nine to five. It looks like spontaneous bursts of energy where, you know, that's when I get all my creating done. Mm -hmm. So I think like, obviously there's still things in your business that you have to do, but it's a lot harder when you've come home from the salon and you've been with clients all day and your energy and your creativity are zapped. And then you try to write an Instagram caption like that is so much harder. Whereas if you wake up on say a Monday, you listen to your favorite podcast, you just get done working out and you're like, Oh, like I have all these amazing ideas being able to just batch that and being able to kind of, even if you don't write the actual caption, just writing the ideas and finding your workflow that way, I think is so much easier. And that's honestly the way that our brains work as creatives. So trying to kind of use that to our advantage instead of fighting against it is such a huge um, win and it takes a weight off. Smart. I feel like, yeah, it used to be where you thought that you had to do the color correction for seven hours, take all the pictures and then post immediately. And it was just like the last thing you want to do. So I think sometimes taking a step back afterwards, having the photos, figuring out which one like afterwards because yeah usually you're just tired and not in love with that end result anymore I mean even if it's amazing you're yes. just kind of done with it for a totally. minute totally <laughs> and then you're like do I ever even want one of these again like <laughs> so <laughs> um, you have a lot of great tips on your Instagram about um editing photos so that they're like very authentic to what they should be, you know, filtering light and saturation, yes. just little things like that, which I think is really cool and great free value. What do you think about um, 
yeah, photo content, having enough, let's say, okay, let's say that you have a clientele currently, but it's not your dream client. You don't necessarily have a million pictures of that person that you want it to look like. How do you kind of navigate that? Oh, that's such a great question. Okay. So, um, one of the ways that I would do this would be having model days. That's a really great way. And I think a lot of stylists think too, oh, I can't post the picture of the same people all the time, Mm -hmm. but you totally can. So say you only have like 10% of your clients are that dream client that you want more of book an extra like half an hour and let them know, be like, Hey, I would love, like, I love your hair and I would love to get more clients just like you. Do you mind if we spend a little bit of extra time at the end of your appointment doing a little bit of a photo shoot? I'll give you a couple different styles and we can, um, we can take some photos. Most clients will be so flattered and they will be all over it, especially if you have the respect for their time to kind of tell them ahead of time. So that's a really great way to do it. Another great way to do it is your whole Instagram does not have to be hair photos. So Mm -hmm. think of things that you can connect with your clients on so that you're not just um, posting hair photos of hair they would like, but maybe you're posting other things. Um, and that's where having that core content strategy comes in because you'll think of things that'll benefit them. So say you are doing, say your dream clientele is like blondes, right? And you want to talk about like a detoxifying treatment and a treatment mask. You can write your captions to direct them at those clients. So you're posting about a product, but you're actually posting what's in it for your dream client. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, so. yeah, very important. Jody said it. You have the right and you should use the same model over and over. Like, it's okay. That's totally. your right there. <laughs> if you look at my like three, if you look at my Instagram feed, like all the hair that I do, especially now because I'm doing a lot less hair, mm-hmm. but I have like, some clients who their hair just photographs so well it's perfect every single time they know how to pose they have fun and those people make an appearance a lot so yeah totally and I think it depends too like you know if they're coming at night or they didn't get that day or whatever but yeah I think um clients usually are flattered when you ask you know to use them for your pictures and I don't know, you think you can even like offer something in exchange for their extra time, but booking that extra 30 minutes Mm -hmm. and not feeling like, oh, it will, if I don't book that 30 minutes and I can't fit in that other thing and then I'll lose that money, that is poor mindset. Like imagine what you can gain from that extra 30 minutes. Now you have this Instagram picture, Mm -hmm. multiple pictures that you can use. If you get one client out of that, I mean, it's paid for itself. Honestly, and something that I like to point out to people is like old school marketing options are expensive. So even if you take a bunch of education, even if you hire a coach, even if you're running paid ads, even if you're outsourcing it even, social media marketing is still more effective and less expensive than anything else. So there's, I mean, it's one of those things that in business, like there are expenses and I feel like, you need to kind of shift your mindset to like, like you said, it's not so much about how much will this cost me, but like, what's the return on investment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hugely important. I mean, even somebody like you that offers 
complete content creation, I think it's easy to look at how much that costs per month and think, oh, why would I ever spend that? Or I can't afford that or whatever it may be. But again, you get one or two clients out of it easily paid for itself and given you time and freedom and weight off of your shoulders and all that, those things. So if somebody were, you know, thinking of that as an opportunity, how would you kind of not like sell yourself, but what can that really, really do for them to have somebody just do it for you? Well, I think it's exactly what you said. It just kind of gives you your time back a little bit. And especially if you're someone who it makes you anxious or you don't enjoy it, Mm -hmm. like if you can spend that time doing, you know, a couple extra like heads of hair or a couple extra balayages or sets of extensions, and you would rather spend your time that way than doing your social media. I think it's just one of those things where our time is money, right? So if you can outsource that, the other thing too, is if you spend the time to create a, a personal brand online, or you have someone that is how you command premium prices. That is how you make yourself irreplaceable. And that is how ultimately you will build a sustainable business. So I think it is an investment. Um, But I do also do a lot of coaching where people want to learn how to do it themselves. And there's also a lot to be said for that, like learning that. And then, you know, we teach you how to batch your content and all those kinds of things. So there's a lot of different ways um, to go about it, whether you want to offload it on somebody else, or you just want to get really deep into like deep dive into your branding and your marketing and have someone guide you and hold your hand along the way. Yeah, I think that's so great because yeah, sometimes if it feels overwhelming, it may just be because you don't know how to do it. I mean, think about the beginning of our careers where maybe balayage felt overwhelmed, maybe just foils or like doing a specific like angled bob like felt overwhelming. But once you get into it, you can either decide that you love it and you're amazing at it because you've been practicing or it's just not for you. Like I don't roll perms and I will never roll a perm ever again. (laughs) So, you know, like Instagram or whatever your media marketing may be could be like that too. Like that's just not my jam. I don't want to do it. I will happily pay someone to help me with it. Totally. And it's interesting you say that because like a lot of my one-on-one coaching clients, like they kind of go one of two ways. Either they're like, we need to keep coaching. I need this accountability, but I'm having so much fun doing it myself. Or they're like, I'm so glad I know, but like, let's you like, please take over. <laughs> so yeah. So I've had some of my coaching clients transition into that and they're like this, but it's awesome because we've kind of nailed in their personal branding and their dream client and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they can almost work kind of hand in hand sometimes, but I love that. Yeah. I think coaching also is something that's like more new to the industry. I have a coach. She's not a hairstylist at all. Um, and I remember feeling very nervous to pay her. because It's a lot of money. However, the worth that I got out of it, I made more and more. And so it was like, okay, she cost this price and maybe I was only making this price, but now I'm making this price. So what I'm paying her is a fraction of what it used to be. So talk to us just like a little bit about coaching and um, working with somebody and how it feels to you and what your clients are getting out of it. 
So I have a coach as well. Um, and that has honestly been the biggest, I've worked with two different coaches now. Um, and one of them was not a hairstylist at all when I was setting up my business. And now I've kind of moved into a mastermind where that's guided by a coach, which has been amazing. Um, and I think it really is all about that accountability. And again, about that surrounding yourself with those people, like, you know, feeling like anything is possible. And for my coaching clients, what I do is a little bit more, I guess mine is kind of a blend between coaching and consulting because while I am there to be like your cheerleader and to guide you and to hold your hand and my clients get access, like they can message me and ask me questions. Um, so there's a very full kind of access when we're working together during that period. But so not only do I help coach them, but I also help them decide. I help them plan. I help them, you know, kind of go through those decisions and get to the place that they want to be in the most efficient way. Because I think that's the biggest, that's how I would describe coaching, I think. So when you find the right mentor and the right guide, you can take a lot of the pain and guesswork out of the journey. Yeah. Right. Cause I yeah. know for myself, so much trial and error, so much. I wish that I had found the co coach that I have now five years ago, cause it would have been a game changer. But I think, and I've heard this phrase so often lately, but you know, the teacher appears when the student is ready and mm -hmm. that is really what has happened for me. And I can't say enough good things about how much of a difference in my life coaching has made. So I think it's worth the investment 10 out of 10 times. I feel the exact same yeah. way. Yeah. And I mean, even though I wouldn't take back any of any part of my journey because it's led me to where I am and everybody can say that there are plenty of things that if I had just known to five, 10 years in, I mean, it would have been better, right. <laughs> you know, like, it really got me to here, but also, you know, things would have been a little bit. Totally, or faster, or, you know, like, there's so many different yeah. things. But. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you don't, gone are the days where you don't have to, like, be 10 years in to be, like, this amazing stylist, like, you can build fast and the way you want, oh, I think. Yeah building a clientele more than anything, that's what it would have shifted. You know, the foundational work, the mindset, I, that journey would have been mine. But if I had been like loving the people I worked with sooner and saying no to what I didn't want to do, yeah, that would have been a huge change. Oh, for sure. And I think like, it's been so freeing for a lot of people because while our clientele are an asset you know, I've heard people talk about them as if they're almost a prison as well, right? It's like, oh, I'd love to raise my prices and I would love to make this move, but I can't because my clientele won't do this or my clientele won't pay these prices. But it's like, okay, but who's really in control of your business then? Like, who is the one who's making the decisions here? Because if you're feeling held back by it, then learning how to market yourself properly and learning how to build your business on your own terms is the thing that's going to set you free from, you know, being, being bound by someone else's rules and expectations. Yeah. And, and by geography, I mean, 
owning a salon and getting people to come in and work there. So we have rooms for like massage therapists and esthetician, and then we have a couple styling stations. Yeah, you do hear that a lot. Like, oh, but you know, most of my clients are in this area. Oh, um, oh, the rooms upstairs. I do have this one older lady that comes once a month, and I don't think that would work for her. And it's like one person you know (laughs) one person you're gonna base your entire career on on that one old lady (laughs) geography too it's like they either love you and will value traveling to see you because my gosh like they don't come that often they can make the journey like once totally and if not so be it and you have those people lined up that love you and that want to see you and then are excited to get in your chair exactly and it's just having the confidence too to be like not every ending has to be a bad ending yeah. like I've had clients before and I was like you know like and when I've changed my hours I've been like you know I love doing your hair but I get it like you literally do not have the flexibility in your schedule so I am going to refer you to somebody that I love, that I trust, and I know will take really great care of you Mm -hmm. and can work with your schedule. So it doesn't have to be like a, oh, like you, like your client is not necessarily going to feel personally attacked when you change your schedule. And if they do, then that's on them, not on you. So I think you just need to kind of take the take the guilt out of it and you just take ownership of your career, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Your clients, I mean, you it's so different than any other kind of service-based industry because it's such a personal relationship. At the end of the day, they're paying you for hair. And the bonuses are, you know, they like you, you like them, you laugh, you have fun, whatever, but you're providing a service to them. Exactly. You can kind of take it or leave it, I guess. Exactly. Perfect. So let's just wrap this up. One tip you would give to somebody looking to get into the industry or make a shift from where they are to the next step. Ooh, okay. So I would say stop being defined by other people's comfort zones. If Mm -hmm. you have a goal and you want to get to a certain place in your career, don't let someone say, "Mm, no, that's not how it works, or that's impossible. Like you are defined by your belief system. And I think that that is the number one piece of advice I would have. If you want to do something, find a way to make it happen. Because you're not going to ever get, you're never going to have an idea that everyone thinks is safe. And it's going to give you everything you want that doesn't have any risks. Everything worth doing is risky. So that would be my that would be my piece of advice. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my gosh. You have like so many good, like takeaway quotes from this conversation. <laughs> That's so exciting. Well, thank you so much. Where can everybody find you um, online? So the best place to find me is over on Instagram and it's, it's Jody Brown. Um, so that's probably the best place. Also, I have a website, which is jodybrown.ca. I'm up in Canada. So, so yeah, that would be the best place to find me. There's links to all my stuff. And, um, also you can find me on iTunes starting on September 14th. I am also releasing a podcast that is called the hairstylist rising podcast. So yeah. So everyone listen to that as well. Um, I'll be on Jody's too. We just yes. said that. That's so exciting. And then you also have a little, um, I know you have your course that's not open yet, but you have a little freebie that Silas can download. 
I do actually. And it is a free mini course. So Mm -hmm. basically what I've done is I've taken all the most asked questions on how to set your page up for success, how to get visible, and I've turned it into a MIDI course. So there's downloadable PDF workbooks, um, video lessons. It's all very digestible. So it'll probably take like an hour and a half, two hours start to finish, but it'll give you the actual changes you can make super, super quickly in order to get yourself seen and start on the journey to taking control of your Instagram. That is huge value for free. Thank you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. You can find that at www.jodybrown.ca slash links. So I'll send you the link to that. Yay. I'll put everything in the show notes. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Excited to get back into their Instagram and be like, all right, I'm doing it now. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Thank you. And anyone can feel free to DM me on Instagram. I love connecting with people and yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. Thank you. Bye. I always love the end. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you liked it, and I know you did, please don't forget to leave a five-star review. I love hearing from other stylists, so take a screenshot of the episode and tag me in it at Mindful Hair by Emily. If you have a story to share and would like to be on a future episode, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. We'll see you guys next Monday with more Stories with Stylists.